Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. All right, today's episode is a recording from the local Buying Without Banks uh, group that I lead each month. This month, we talked about self-directed IRAs, how they work, uh, what they are, and really why they're such a great opportunity. So definitely check it out. A lot of great information. So, okay, we're talking about self-directed IRAs. And so I'm going to cover, I know we have um, people here with all different levels of experience and uh kind of different perspectives on what we're trying to use these for. So I'm going to talk about really what they are and why it is a great opportunity, whether we are looking to flip or do buy and hold. They they really create some opportunities that are difficult to to have with any other um, any other way of funding. So all right, real quick, so that I get a better grasp of of who we are can you throw in the chat if you already have a self-directed IRA? Just type IRA or thumbs up or something there. Anybody? Okay. And uh, second question is, throw in the chat there if anybody has used a private lender who had a self-directed IRA. So that's, all right, a few people have one. Okay, a few people have private lenders with one, awesome. So with me, you know, my background, I raised a lot of private money for my deals and about half of my private lenders uh, were using money from self-directed IRAs. Okay, good. Good. Awesome. Let's see okay. the responses. Can somebody everybody mute coming in. Up? Would everybody mute themselves, please? It's Janetta. Hey, Janetta. All right, here we go. Okay, so what is an IRA? Essentially an IRA is in, uh, I had to look this up today, but it was started in 1974. So in 1974, uh, the federal government created this IRA concept um, so that for people who weren't involved in a pension where their company didn't provide a pension for them. So it was a way for them to have a retirement account. And eventually that was extended to everybody. So whether you had a pension or not, kind of as our economy transitioned from where we would work for one company all of our life and depend on that pension in retirement transition to the flexibility to go between jobs, um, the IRA became necessary. So it's a retirement account for an individual. All right, so some terms with the IRA, there's a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA. They both work the same. So essentially an I, the uh, 
individual retirement account is an account designated with the IRS for um, has special tax purposes, right? Or tax benefits where you don't pay tax on it each year. And the difference between a Roth and a traditional is a traditional, you pay tax, uh, you don't pay tax on that money when you put it in. So as you make that money and you contribute it into your account, that is not income that's reported on that year's taxes, but you pay money when you withdraw it. With the Roth, it's the opposite. So you pay money on that income the year you earn it, then you contribute it into the Roth account. And from that point on, it grows tax-free and it's tax-free when you withdraw it. Um, the IRA versus the 401k, they're very similar, except the 401k um, is more like the older pension model where it's tied to a company. And that becomes important when we talk about self-directed IRAs because a lot of self-directed IRAs are actually 401k accounts rolled over into an IRA. But that can only be rolled over if that individual is no longer with that company. So if the individual is still working at the company where they have the 401k, usually they can't pull that money out. And then um, there are other there are other types of IRAs, simple set. There's a 403b that's like a 401k. They're all different retirement accounts that have like their own nuances or details about how they work, but they all can be um, all can be used into self-directed. All right. So I'm going to talk about the IRA because that's the biggest one. 30% of working individuals have an IRA. Um, but you find a potential lender or you have one of these other types of accounts, just look up that information on your own and it'll just have some slight nuances. Okay, so a self-directed IRA, the difference with that is you are taking that IRA that is with a traditional brokerage and you are rolling it over into another account it's designated as an IRA, but it, this custodian, the new custodian, allows you to invest in things that you wouldn't otherwise. So that is a self-directed uh, IRA custodian. Um, so the picture here, we have a 401k rolling into an IRA. And I'll get to that question in just a second, Janice. So a lot of people ask if this is, if you take money, whether it's, you know, our white folder here, if this was an IRA at E-Trade and we rolled it over to an IRA with a self-directed custodian, the, you know, a common one here in Ohio is equity trust, but it really can be any self-directed custodian. A lot of people worry that that is, has some tax consequence, that that is a taxable event, right? We've all we've put time and energy into getting the tax benefits of having a retirement account. We don't want to mess it up, rolling it into self-directed. So with a rollover, that is not a taxable event. Okay, we're just moving it from one account designated as a retirement account with the IRS to another account with that same designation. 
So whether it's a 401k, an IRA, it doesn't matter as long as it goes to the same type of account. So if you go from Roth to Roth or traditional to traditional, there's no tax consequence. If you wanna go from traditional where you haven't paid taxes to a Roth, where the Roth account, you should have already paid taxes on that money, then that is a taxable event. Um, and that transition from one type to another, uh, you would need to look into. So um, how much money do you need to start self-directed? Self-directed account, retirement account is just like uh, any other retirement account or IRA. There's the custodian may have a minimum balance depending on their set rules. Um, but with the IRS, there's no minimum balance. And uh, do you have to leave your job to have an IRA? So the, uh, the benefit of an IRA is that it's not tied to a job. So it is our individual retirement account that we can have for our life, for retirement, no matter what job we have. All right, so um, it doesn't matter if we're in a job, out of a job, as long as we abide by the rules of the IRA. All right, so this is a quick, because this is like the, the main question I get all the time with people worried about um, messing up their designation. This is a real quick, illustration for if you go from one account that you already have set up, it's an IRA, and you roll it over into your new self-directed account, most of the time you are going to tell your current custodian that you are rolling it into this new account and they will transfer the money directly from where it's currently being held to the new custodian and it'll fund that new account. And so you won't touch the money in your account, which is what the IRS, one of their things, you're not allowed to touch that money. If you use that money in some way, that is what triggers it being no longer a retirement account. If they don't transfer it directly, you can have a check sent to you and then you send the check to your new custodian and as long as you do that within 60 days, then that doesn't trigger anything, that's fine. And in actuality, you can do that one time per year. So even once you have your self-directed account set up, you can send yourself a check as a loan for 60 days, as long as you return it to your account within that 60 days. All right. Okay, so the two ways to fund an IRA, and an IRA is just like this illustration, right? It's just a separate account designated for retirement. So you can make a contribution. So with IRAs, currently you can contribute $6,000 to them, to that account per year. If you're over 50, you can contribute $7,000. If it's a, not an IRA, a 401k, some other type of account, then those contribution um, regulations change. Um, but specific for an IRA, it's 6,000 per year or 7,000 once you're over 50. 
And the other way is with a rollover. So if you are trying to raise money from private lenders, then most of them are gonna fund their self-directed account by rolling over money that's already in a retirement account that's not self-directed into this new self-directed account. And the average rollover right now is uh, $100,000. So it's very common for people who have a considerable amount of money in their current account to roll that over into a new self-directed account. All right, so a couple restrictions. So there's always questions um, about what can I invest or what can I do with my money once it's in a self-directed account? So this is from the IRS publication. And so the IRS does not tell you what you're allowed to invest in. It just basically tells you what you can't invest in. And primarily that is you cannot invest in any type of collectible such as artwork, stamps, rugs, antiques, gems. Um, you can't invest in coins or life insurance. Um, that is the coins is not at certain coins so that we're not talking about gold coins or actual metals, um, but collectible coins. And so for the most part, other things people can invest their money in. So you can use your retirement funds to invest in real estate, invest in notes, invest in all other types of things. The distinction is that a traditional brokerage, they have very limited things on what you can invest that money with. And once you roll it into a self-directed custodian's account, then they allow you to invest in more things, right? If you wanna buy gold bullion and, and send it to them to store it, you can do that. That's, that's completely possible. Um, let's see. Should we roll the money from a 401k to a self-directed IRA? Um, <clears throat> so the, it really doesn't matter how much you have in your account. If you, the, the, uh, if you are no longer with your 401k, KC, which you said you weren't going to be a nurse ever again, I remember that. So if that, that account is no longer tied to your employer, so you could roll that into a self-directed IRA, and it really doesn't matter how much is in it, it that just gives you the freedom to invest it in whatever you want instead of what that 401k decides you're allowed to invest in. Does that make sense? But it's, but it's a taxable event, right? From a non-subdirected to a subdirected. From a 401k to a traditional IRA is not a taxable event. No, it is, I'm talking about subdirected. What's that? From a traditional IRA to a subdirected IRA. No, when you set up your self-directed IRA, you're gonna you're going to have to designate if it's a traditional IRA or a Roth. So if you go from a 401k and you roll it over into a self-directed traditional IRA, that is not a taxable event. You're just taking it from one retirement account to another retirement account with the same designation. Um, the self-directed when you when you put that term self-directed on there. 
really that doesn't change the designation with the IRS at all. It just changes what you're able to invest that money in. Okay. Um, the other thing that we need to be aware of is disqualified persons. So if, if we want to, let's say a common one with private lenders is they're going to buy a note or they're going to lend money out of their retirement account. And the retirement account, the key feature um, for designating it a retirement account and not personal money is that the owner of the account can't touch it or benefit from that money in any way. And the IRS includes in that essentially people in, um, if you look at a family tree, it's essentially people in the family tree vertically. So um, family members, spouses, parents, grandparents, children, great-grandchildren, etc. So if it's vertically on the family tree, you cannot lend them money or you can't buy a house and rent it to them or let them use it essentially. However, if it's horizontally on the, on the family tree, um, siblings, cousins, whatever, then you can. Um, that's the primary thing with disqualified persons. Um, but this is the actual uh, cutout here from irs.gov as to who's disqualified. So all of this is just public information. If you wanna really dive deep into it, um, you can email me and I'll send you the link to the IRS page. All right, so the benefits. Now, obviously if, we're, if we are the account holder then the benefits are if we start doing real estate deals within this retirement account, obviously we get tax benefits. So especially if we're doing wholesales or flips, those are taxed like uh, any business activity. And so we have to pay tax each year on that money. We don't get really the long-term capital gains benefits where, so if we do, wholesales or flips within our retirement account, then that money just grows without paying tax, right? It'll continually grow. Um, and so that is a massive benefit. We, it just means that we can't use the money now. So if we need the, the proceeds from that wholesale or flip now, then we shouldn't do it in the retirement account. But if we're building this account for retirement or for the future, that is a huge benefit. And additionally, most uh, retirement accounts are protected in bankruptcy. Should something go crazy, you get a, a terrible lawsuit or whatever uh, medical bill, whatever it would be that would um, tip you towards that. So there are uh, big benefits if you are the account owner. For real estate investors who aren't using their own retirement account, but are trying to raise money or get partners that use a retirement account. There are some huge benefits to that too. <clears throat> so um, whenever I talk about private money, I always talk about the a huge benefit is the freedom with your structure and your payments. So um, for people use lending money out of their retirement account, they don't need that money back in the account right away because they 
one, they can't use the money in the account. So for them, it doesn't matter to them if it's invested um, in an asset or if it's sitting in the account. But additionally, it's, it's actually better for them to stay invested in an asset and getting their return because as soon as they receive a payment back into their account, they stop earning a return. And so if we're using this, let's say for flip deals, if we have a lender using money from a retirement account, then we can structure it so there's no payment to them the entire time we're doing a rehab and all of the money and interest, all the principal and interest that would accrue over that period would be paid back at the sale. Or if we're doing rentals, um, a lot of investors lending out of a retirement account are good, are happy with interest only payments on their money because they don't want the principal going back into the account. So if we're running rentals and we have interest only payments on the financing instead of an amortized payment, that gives us more cash flow now, which is good. Cash flow is good. All right. Um, also, when we offer a note with a mortgage to a potential lender using a retirement account, a, uh, a lender cannot find that investment anywhere else, right? It is very difficult to have an investment where you get a fixed return and the investment is secured by real estate. And so we are offering them something that they can't find elsewhere. It's a great opportunity for them as well as it makes it uh, easier annually because the IRA custodian does the reporting. They give the 1099 to the lender. So those are some benefits. All right, some quick data in case, just in case somebody out there is saying, oh, this all sounds great, but I don't know anybody with much money in an IRA. Um, this is just some data from the Tax Policy Center 30% of taxpayers have an IRA. So that's a lot of people out there. A lot of people that we interact with every day. The average balance on IRAs is 157,000. Um, the median is lower than that. So there are some large IRAs that skew that average, but um, the median was still fairly high. Uh, the balances tend to increase with a person's income. So if you are, you know, trying to, with your confidence, if you're trying to figure out if you should talk to somebody about whether they have an IRA and whether they may want, might want to lend out of it, according to um, the Tax Policy Center, people who make more money end up with a larger balance in their IRA. And people as they get older, naturally, as that money continues to grow in the account, their balances go up. So, and traditional IRA balances tend to be higher than Roth balances. All right. Okay, so that is the general overview of what IRAs are, how they work, and why it's a good opportunity um, what are some different thoughts from uh, everybody here? 
Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey. Thank you.